Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Cray and I'm chatting with Natasha Waugh, a fantastic filmmaker whose short film Terminal has picked up more awards and nominations than you can shake a stick at. And now her hilarious short Mother is doing the festival rounds. Also, she's shadow directing the new season of Can't Cope, Won't Cope. Welcome, Natasha. Thank you very much. First off, welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. You're no stranger. No, I'm not. And, you know, this has been the first time I've been on the receiving end of the questions. So it's a real pleasure. Yes, a little grilly then, so you feel terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, how did you get into film? I kind of knew that I wanted to be a filmmaker for a long time. There was a lot of importance placed on films within my childhood. I have two older brothers and an older sister. And one of those brothers is very much a film buff. He grew up with me saying, you know, you should stay up and watch this film and definitely watch this DVD and that DVD. So I kind of was given this appreciation from a very young age. And eventually I was, I remember watching like behind the scenes footage. And eventually I was like, do you know what? I think I'd like to be a filmmaker. That was kind of a like 10 year old Natasha being like, yeah, definitely going to make films. And then I went off to secondary school and I felt like I got a bit more realistic. And then maybe towards the end of my secondary school, like 16, 17, I was kind of reading lots of Empire magazine. And I was like, no, definitely. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. And I just completed a film camp. Like I remember I did summer camp and we just had to make, it was like digital film school, uh, which tailored films run. And uh, that was kind of it then. Skip forward to UCD and I studied English and film theory and film theory, I loved it. Now it doesn't teach you how to pick up a camera and do any of that stuff, but I was um, a member of the film society there and they had lots of cameras. So I was able to sort of indulge the passion I had for wanting to be a filmmaker through them and then use the education I got from and the appreciation that I got from film theory classes that way. So then I left college 2013 and I really wanted to make a go of the career I was very determined but I couldn't really afford it and I remember I did my first I did my first job that summer 2013 I was a a locations trainee slash trainee assistant director for Get Up and Go which was a feature film independent feature film but I didn't get any jobs after that Um, maybe because I wasn't very good but uh, I got a job that was very different filmmaking and I used that job I was professional barista and I used that job to fund all the films I made for about two and a half years and I made my first short out of six that winter and it was that was kind of literally all I did was a lot of the time I made my own stuff and then I made more connections and I did you know I did dailies so I did you know dailies for vikings and that kind of thing and then eventually it came to a point where I was being a barista and I was turning down film work. I was just so busy that I could not, so I couldn't do both anymore. So I decided to leave my job and my parents were somehow very okay with this <laughs> because I, I still I still live at home. I'll be very honest about that because, um, you know, it kind of supports my career, if I'm honest. So, and that was it. That was the end of 2015 and I just, that I had made the decision to make Terminal. I'd written Terminal at that point. And so I hoarded my, I used to hoard my wages and make films. And that's what I did. I hoarded my wages and I left my job and I blew them all on Terminal. And it really worked. <laughs> it really paid off. Definitely that, So that's did. a bit of a long... Hashtag if to nom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that pretty was, nice. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was a real highlight. 
it really was but it was kind of it wasn't very straightforward for me I kind of really put the head down and I had to I had to work very hard to kind of get into the get a foot in the door as they say um but eventually I did and it's not impossible you know so it was yeah. really a perfect timing for a story like that to be told and yeah. it really did I I we had an event um here in Filmbase at oh, the time right. yeah um, and we choice. screened it and I know there was like it was because it's such a beautiful sensitive film mm, um you. and it's very kind of kind and warm so it's it's a lovely choice Mm. Um, and these the characters are really fleshed out so it's a, it's a really nice thing to go it's pro-choice but it's pro-empathy really mm. just a gorgeous film thank you yeah mm. I really appreciate that and that I think was very important to me that I got it right because I, I remember stressing about it so much bef- just before I went to film it and then just after I was like oh my god um have I got this totally wrong you know a is it going to be you know a terrible film but b like how am I the way I'm portraying everything, is it going to be enough to, you know, this could really make or break me. You know, it could be the film that's, you know, sensitive portrayal of a reality for women or it could be the complete opposite. You know, I, I worked very hard on the script. I did a load of drafts. The beginning, the first draft is very different to the, the shooting draft. Um, so I was very paranoid about that. So I was very, very adamant that I try and do it justice and try and do it as 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 good as I possibly could so but yeah I I think I just it was it was tough but I really just wanted to it was tough in that regard but I because I I really just wanted like you were saying to to show and you know I wanted to show this a face put a face to the stories that were almost always faceless that I heard you know you'd hear stories of such and such going over and this person and that person and they wouldn't really have an you know they might not have a name, you might know what they looked like, but I really wanted to tell a human story and not a story about committing a crime. And I wanted, I just present people with a situation. This is what it, this is the black and white, you know, this is a crisis pregnancy. This is the decision that they have to make. And maybe actually, maybe I should say, you know, it isn't black and white, it is just, it's complicated and you have to allow people to make that decision and this is this is that and I probably I should probably stop talking now because I will get into maybe yeah. the, funda- the oh. fundamental different debate <laughs> the different, <laughs> a we, different debate yeah we won't go too far into it because no. it is a totally different topic altogether but oh yeah. my god how relieved were you when the when the when the vote came in oh my god I was I was very very emotional I remember I went into Dublin Castle and I met people there and as soon as I um I remember getting very emotional I was I was coming in on the bus and I passed the mural of Savita and I remember getting very emotional as soon as we passed that. I was very glad I was wearing sunglasses <laughs> at the time. Um, and then I remember I, I just went straight to my friends in Dublin Castle. I, I met up with them. And as soon as I met my friend, Sharon Cronin, producer actually, who's produced mother, I just fell into her arms and sobbed because I was so, I was so happy, but I was so shocked. And I was so, I think I was very overcome as a lot of people were, you know, very overcome that that kind of result had been achieved. And relieved, I think. Very I was relieved, I yeah. had a very, very similar emotional reaction. There was just such a sense where so many women were really let down over the years. Mm. And you just and I like I mean, who knows how long all this legislation will take to, to come mm. into force, but you just feel so relieved you do. that it's gone through so people won't be in those situations again. Um yeah. Ugh, but yes. <laughs> anyway, that was yeah. such a, a such a, a timely a side, thing. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Total bit of a, a side thing. So just uh, one thing I was actually 
before we go off it completely I know other people who had done films on that topic mm-hmm. and then got quite bad reactions back yeah. to it of of um like members of the public and on social media and things people mm-hmm. could have been quite aggressive because obviously it's it's quite an emotive topic for a lot of people I'm just wondering did you did you get any negative backlash no and that really surprised me like that genuinely was something I was braced for for as long as I had made the social media pages for the film which was almost as soon as I had wrapped I I kind of put I made a Twitter page and I made a Facebook page and nothing nothing at all and that really surprised I thought that I would get I thought that I would get some some commentary and some feedback from groups or people that were anti-choice or and you know pro-life or whatever but I, I didn't and I think at the time the only person they tweeted at us was just some random anonymous Twitter account and all it said was Natasha do you have an opinion on when life begins which is really neither one side really it's very it's a very neutral question really if you were to kind of look at it on the page Um, but I didn't respond and I was like okay this is the beginning of it and my mum turned around and I I told her and I said why don't you just why don't you just tell them that it begins at 40 <laughs> and that's actually that's actually a story I tell a lot at Q&As because people ask me that you know question a lot. Yep. But no, I have to say as soon as then as soon as we went public with the link, you know, as soon as people were able to see it online for themselves a couple of months ago, we got nothing but but praise and I think a lot of I think people that wanted to see it watched it and people that didn't want to watch it probably didn't because it's very open about what it's about. It's it's not there's no vagaries. Um, but yeah, no, none. It's surprising. Really, so I thought for sure I would get something, and I didn't. You know, um, very interesting. And you talked about your process, um, yeah. your writing process. Yeah. So you've actually directed a lot of shorts by Six. other people. Oh well. yeah. So I'm just curious to a how you find your projects, and then I'll come back to the writing process after. I direct. I directed three shorts that I did not write. So for for running commentary, first of all, um. That was I made that just after I made my first short at a college food fight. So I just collaborated with Miriam Devitt, who's a fabulous actor, and she was starred in Food Fight, and we became kind of very, very good friends. And she presented me with the script soon after, and she said, "You know, I really want to make this." And it's it was kind of based on uh, running commentary. If you haven't seen it, actually, it's available on Vimeo if you want to give it a look. But it's about kind of street harassment and this runner who goes out and she gets harassed by anyone who she passes basically and I kind of empathized because I ran a lot and she ran a lot and we both had similar experiences so she, we went off and did that um so that was kind of just at the time I don't think we changed it a lot the script but it was all we just kind of had fun with it we shot in Herbert Park and we tried we just discussed points of view and we discussed how we wanted it to to look and feel and we able to kind of plan how we would shoot it and then we shot it in this really interesting and subjective way where we'd I had a friend who uh he basically we hooked a like a little uh cart trailer thing to a bicycle and I sat on that platform that little trailer and I shot he'd cycle and then Miriam would be in front of me running and I would that's how we shot it so it was a bit of an engineering job going so on there, there as well so there was a bit of engineering and yeah. it was very it was very small but it, that was just kind of herself and myself kind of breaking down the script and shooting it in a very interesting way and then the betrayal uh, I co-directed that and it was written by it was written and co-directed by Camilla Didina 
who's a Polish filmmaker who's really, really amazingly passionate. And I uh, saw her short film Testimony, which is really great. And I think you can, I think that's available online as well. But she um, she and I just met for coffee soon after soon after I left my job as a barista. I just said, you know, let's, could, would you like to meet for coffee and we'll talk shop? Um, and she had just, we had just launched Fightback Films, which is kind of a production company I we sort of we sort of have it's it's not a functioning company as such but it's sort of an umbrella under which we make all the shorts and we had coffee and then she literally just put this 30 page script on the table and said will you direct this with me so I was a bit taken aback um but you know that was kind of a really important film for me to make because it was because it was quite long and because Camilla was quite ambitious with the scale in which she wanted it to be and because it had to be because it was so long um we I was just it was really it was very highly collaborative with everybody from the, you know, from everybody down to the DP to her, as it should be. How um, long was the shoot? 30 pages? Uh, it was three, it was, we did, we, it was six days and we shot it over two weekends. So three days and three days. Um, but it was really, really good. It was great to do something of that scale. Um, I was able, to, you know, I mean, we were able to kind of collectively form uh, you know, shot list and rehearse and it was just a different it was a totally different level but that that was all about kind of communication as was mother and mother is kind of that's that's how I would really approach every script I do is just trying to get other people's points of view but more so I think with other people's work because I'm I don't have that level that initial level of investment than if I were to write it um, and it's kind of all about making sure that I have my, my own vision as a director correct and then kind of just listening to what the writer's initial vision was and what the producer feels and how everyone else feels about it and then just kind of I, I like to I'm very much about visual treatment so I write a visual treatment and you know that's I kind of send it off to, to them and see what they come back with and does that make sense yes yeah. totally yeah and it's 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 kind of an interesting process as well. Would you do storyboards if you're? Oh yeah, it? yeah. I did it with Terminal. Um, and I was very very particular about that because I wanted it to be really sharp, um, and I wanted it to be like one of the main things that really really cripples production is when, I think, when people are unsure, when they are uncertain, and they have to, they are not able to think on their feet, um, and you have to be adaptable. So you have to be able to kind of work around what you can't do but I wanted at least for Terminal to be so prepared and have a like, really understand what we wanted to achieve in a very short space of time with very little money so I storyboarded that and I kind of worked off that as a reference with Irene Graham, the director of photography so that was yeah that was definitely part of that process was you know picking color palettes and doing storyboards so she knew what I was even if we couldn't do exactly that she kind of knew how I wanted to shoot it and how I wanted it to look and she kind of brings her own thing to that anyway so yeah totally storyboards are great yeah excellent so when you're working on a project yourself you said you would lots of drafts how yeah. would that normally go from idea to you know storyboards uh with terminal it became a lot of research based on people's experiences and then you kind of have to show everybody that and that can be really hard because you're you're basically showing people all the crap and you're showing people all the things that you think are good and you kind of have to see what you have to just give it out for notes and to see what other writers and other filmmakers come back with 
but yeah no terminal was really just constantly chipping away at, at you know the again the situation and making sure that i was doing that justice by listening to women's experiences and listening to all sorts of stuff like news broadcasts and documentaries and making sure that i, I had a really good grip on what it was that i was writing and also some of it was um my producer david c lynch um he had some suggestions on how to make it a more visceral film um so i was kind of putting that in and seeing if that worked um and it did which was great so again that's kind of taking on board notes as best you can and either you know either dismissing them because maybe you really feel that it isn't right and then try but trying to kind of use them even if you are using them just to say no that doesn't work you know yes let's have a chat about mother how Mm. did you become involved with that project so I uh, applied for so Galway Film Centre and RT run the short film scheme every year and they choose a, a writer a director and a producer and put them together and they go make that film so I I applied as a director obviously and um, I didn't get contacted for a few months after the, after the application but in that time they had whittled down the short list of writers to three scripts and we got sent those three um, the shortlisted, I think me and I said, I think there was nine directors they shortlisted. I don't know about the producers. So out of the three scripts they sent us, I chose Mother and I took it to the interview and I just pitched it and that was it. That was how I got involved. Excellent. So that's really, it was very simple, you know. Um, Who would be your, say, film style inspiration? Where would you be like, yes, this is where I'd, oh my God. what I'd like to be? Oh my god, that's such a hard question because it's so varied. It kind of goes from film to film, to be honest, rather than person to person. I love the sensitivity that Lenny Abramson uses in all his work. I really, really love that. I thought Room was so brilliant and I thought he approached that subject matter with real compassion and real love and kind of real empathy, as we were saying, and you know, in, in portraying such a horrible situation for two people to be in but then he he kind of turns that story on his head and then makes it not about a woman who's kidnapped and he makes it about a mother and, a, and her son i really like Noah baumbach's work because i think he takes i think he he takes the human element and really runs with how weird and quirky it can get and i think there's a certain truth to that and i really love that um when i think about it i absolutely um like I absolutely love Nora Ephron I'm a huge fan of her writing and I think it's because she does a lot of really character driven stuff and I think I do a lot of character driven stuff just by default yeah. um so I, I think her like I think When Harry Met Sally is one of the best genre scripts ever written I think it's brilliant and it's smart and it's witty and it's just great lovely watch I've seen it countless times I love Andrea Arnold's work I think it's very bold like a fish tank I think is superb portrait of yeah. class and gender and circumstance I think it's like I, I don't even know if I could ever do something like that Lynn Ramsey I think she's super in how she treats her films visually um with like she shows so much without saying enough and or without saying very much and that's that is enough there does seem to be a common thread of understanding and empathy in, yeah. in a lot of the ones that you admire which I think is yeah. is there in your stuff as well oh thank you so yeah. yes I hope so you know so I'd like to say something I feel like I have something to say and that's why I'm a director but it's the only way I know how to say things you know 
that make sense? Excellent. <laughs> it does indeed. Okay, so um, you've worked actually on a whole bunch of different projects. Yes. What were the different experiences like? When on shorts or yeah. um, I think people is a big. I think character, like I was saying, characters, people is a big common thread. I think. Um, I was kind of laughing that I should do a trilogy of people just talking to each other because <laughs> Food Fight is about two food critics talking to each other. Uh, Terminal is about two women uh, talking to one another about their journey that they're about to make. So I think that's probably the common theme is people and how they interact with one another without even meaning to. That's obviously what I'm interested in. Um, I find it hard, I think, as an emerging director to really define to say to people like this is my voice yeah. um, because I think I'm still working it out and you know when you look at Terminal and you look at Mother they're so different they're very different but I think that's the only common thread that I can really think of so I think yeah. at the moment I'm just picking things that interest me that move me that kind of turn me on um, as a director as a creative person and just hold it dear and just spit it out if you could go back in time and had like a bit more time and a bit more money to, to work oh, on any project, what would you do? Um, for time or more money? If I had more money, it would be to pay everybody. Yeah. You know, because I've done five shorts where everyone did everything for a favor. And I think if I had more money, I'd just pay people. And whatever, whatever I chose to, to remake or to reshoot, it would absolutely be to pay people yes. for their time and support and generosity and soon you will oh and yeah well we did on mother so that's nice yeah. <laughs> so let's say people finally got a few yeah. bob and um, so tell us a bit about mother what mm. was the casting process like for that that was grand and i'll tell you because um myself and jonathan and sharon we were all very much in agreement on who should play Grace, the lead. She's fantastic, Hilary Rose. Hilary Rose, amazing. I love yeah. her very much. Um, I think she's a fabulous actor and she's a great person. Um, so we were all very much in agreement about her being the lead. And lucky enough, she, she and Jonathan had worked together on The Young Offenders because he worked on the feature and he was about to work on the series with Peter and her. Um as a script supervisor that's kind of what he does amongst all his writing um so she was he was kind of able to pass the script on to her immediately so we had to wait a little while because obviously she was very busy shooting the series for for young offenders but she it was like we had to kind of make a list of of people who may have we we, we kind of thought it you know if hillary doesn't can't do it or doesn't want to do it then we have to think of somebody else but luckily um, she was uh, totally on board for it and she we were able to kind of wait for her so she would have the time to come on um, so that's what the casting process was and Chris took a little bit longer he's played Lachlan plays him Lachlan and Marin and we were kind of like what should Chris be like who is he as a, as a person he's and in Poison Pen isn't he he is yeah. in Poison Pen so Sharon had had produced Poison Pen and Lachlan had been in the lead and we were talking about it for a long time and then all of a sudden Sharon goes what about Lachlan and obviously I know Lachlan, I think as everybody does from the board via quality hands. So I just thought, oh my God, perfect. That's he, absolutely perfect. Doesn't that real good deadpan kind yeah, of... Amazing. Yeah. And I I know I, I'm from the FLA. He got the most laughs, I think, just from his general demeanor and his delivery of everything. He's absolutely like, I couldn't ask for a better couple, you know, mm. and then the two of them uh, with a mother. But he was like, as soon as... 
as soon as Sharon mentioned him, it was like a light bulb went off. You're like, oh yeah, of course. Perfect. Yeah. And casting the fridge. What was it like when you're one of your main characters is a fridge? Uh, oh man, that was tricky because it's in the script, it's written as a smeg fridge. Oh. So it's written as all her actions are, you see her, it's very important to, we, we made sure the fridge was a human, to, a person as well. <laughs> um, so she is written in the script as Smeg. Smeg does this, Smeg does that. Um, so we knew because of what the film is really about um, and what it's portraying essentially that it had to be this old school retro fridge that it, that's kind of, I think using that style of fridge is very, carries a lot of weight anyway because um, I think it implies a lot about the, uh, the a, a certain era um, yes. that I think we were trying to um, hearken back to. Um, but that was a bit tricky because um, we kind of had to squeeze that into our budget and we had to get the right look. And we were very, um, we did kind of look at alternatives, but we were very, we really held out to get the smeg fridge because we knew that the um, any fridge that looked contemporary just did not hold the same style or it didn't say what we wanted it to say so it was we kind of knew that it had to be smeg but we got there eventually our fabulous art director anna carney found this amazing deal on this secondhand smeg and done deal or something so we're very lucky because smeg fridges are expensive yeah. brand new they're like two grand that's why they love them so much yeah it's <laughs> it was crazy it was absolutely madness but so we were able to to get the secondhand one it looks excellent. What's the festival plan now for this? Uh, so we just premiered at Galway. There are some promising, very, very promising festivals on the horizon that I can't really talk about Ooh. because of well, a few reasons. But but I I, I don't want to. But basically, I think we're, we're. I think I know. Yeah, yeah. no, you probably do. But it's uh, we're very confident I'm that guessing. it'll be a bit of a, a like a definite crowd pleaser. Um, yeah. in and it'll definitely come to. Uh, future festivals near everyone i hope everybody so tell me about your shadow directing for can't cope won't cope in the last season there that was, what was great. that like that was really cool so i i applied through screen, screen training ireland and um was chosen which was great and managed to shadow imogen murphy who's a really interesting director who was directing the second season super um, accomplished as well really yeah. accomplished yeah and she was i was lucky enough that she was yeah her dp for the entire season was um kate mccullough who's yes, incredible yeah. so it was great to see that combination of like competent confident director next to a hugely talented director of photography but it was great because i you know obviously i've been on sets before as an assistant director and i'd kind of been privy to a little bit of being able to watch the director work to only, but only to really to a certain extent. So this really afforded me the time to watch her in action and all the time. And you're in the inner circle then when and you get explained stuff as well, which it, you wouldn't yeah. if you were off, you know, shouting at extras to, yeah, to, exactly. to move away from the food. Yeah, totally. And I've been there. <laughs> and it's, it's it, you know, the, the nice thing was that I, you know, not only did I get to watch Imogen, but I got, to, like you were saying, I got to talk to everybody. Um, I spoke to makeup artists and... Um, hair designers and sound and all sorts like what makes you tick I mean what do you like in a director what do you not like in a director so that was really really beneficial because I was able to just take that away with me then going into um, that was winter that was like November December so uh, and we shot Mother at the very end of January early February so I was able to take all of that with me into our production but Imogen's amazing she's really confident Um, I took huge amounts away from how she kind of 
controls the script like she knows the script like the back of her hand and she knows the characters like the back of her hand and how it should be yeah and that was really good to see very very interesting yeah so you were on this fabulous female-centric set um, on a project about female protagonists. Yeah. So things have definitely changed in the past, even two, three years, like massively. Yeah. Um, just from your own experience, how do you feel about that? I think it's great. And I think, you know, I think I think times are changing. Definitely. Um, I think it's a very good time to turn a negative into a positive I think Screen Ireland are definitely doing the right thing and in incentivizing using women at the helm of projects. I I myself have entered um, POV to get a first feature made. Hopefully, I think that's brilliant. Yes. So I I really appreciate that drive to bring women into the fore. Women who write, women who direct, uh, women who produce. Um. So I think it's I think it's definitely more foregrounded than maybe it was and I think I don't think you know if I'm being honest a lot of the negative behavior and attitudes around film at least directly I have not been privy to which I'm like I have and I haven't as in I've been subjected to a few things on sets which I won't mention and by and large on the broader scale um, I've been very fortunate to be starting my career as an emerging director now, because at least when it came to this, the Screen Training Ireland scheme where I was shadowing Imogen, Ailish McElmeal from from Deadpan, it was like she's all, she, she was on the, I think she was on the board of Women in Film Television, Television Ireland, but that scheme was women only. Yeah. It was women only. And that was great to be able to, to have that privilege for once. And I've been very lucky in that the productions that I've worked on, whether they are as a director or as an assistant director or whatever most of them have been produced by women yeah and a lot of them have been directed by women so i worked with um lisa james larson on striking out i was an assistant director but i was able to watch her work um i was an assistant trainee assistant director on rebellion season two and that was directed by Catherine morrishead she was a fabulous Brilliant. director imogen murphy directed can cope won't cope um i was lucky enough to be mentored by gerbil walsh for galway film center rt scheme that funded mother so I remember somebody saying to me, you know, you cannot become what you don't see. So I've yeah. been very lucky that I've been afforded opportunities to watch powerful, amazing, talented women work in film. And I can say, this is how they do it. I can definitely do it as well. What's up next then for you? Um, hmm, it's hard to say. Well, basically, I'm, um, I've, I've got a few things in for development. I've got one thing, one big project in for development funding that I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from Screen Ireland about that that's the feature that I co-wrote with a very close friend of mine and really amazing talented writer Saoirse Kerrigan and Sharon who produced Mother is also producing that feature so hopefully that'll be what I'll be working on next and there's there's a couple of other things which I, I won't mention because um, I'm don't attached jinx to it. but I don't want to jinx yeah. it yeah I don't want to jinx it if anything to change everything if anything were to change then it would just be very awkward <laughs> um, um so that's kind of it and then i i'm going to just be focusing on the writing and focusing on potentially other features and you know i have nothing set in stone at the moment but hopefully it won't be long before i do have something 
Excellent. And hope you'll be the first to know. Yeah, and you better come <laughs> back and talk to us about it when it needs a bit of a plug. We mm. look forward to watching Absolutely. it. I love film Marvel Ireland. Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for talking to me. So Ooh. all the films that you mentioned that we can find online, we'll put in the description. Oh, great. So if you want a cheeky little watch of anything, make sure to see there's some great films in there. Yep. Definitely Terminal is, is my top one. I love oh, that. amazing. Thank you. Totally biased. And so thank you so much for chatting to us. You're welcome. Thank you. Make sure to check out the Film Ireland site for all the latest from the Irish filmmaking community, including news, reviews, interviews, feature content and exclusives.